Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hola amigos, this is Ray Hudson from Being Sports and Sirius XMFC, and you are listening to Barça Talk. Today on Barça Talk, FC Barcelona ties 1-1 with Sevilla in a very even match. Coutinho scores his first goal of the season. Serginho Dest makes his debut playing as a left back, not a right back. And Sergio Busquets starts and plays 90 minutes again. Welcome to Barca Talk, part of the Blaugrangram Podcast Network. This is Alejandro Villegas and I'm going to be your host today. And with me in this uh, podcast, this Monday podcast, uh, I'm going to be joined by Logan Steinle and Sergio Rodriguez to talk about Barcelona, FC Barca and their game on Sunday against Sevilla. Two goals very early. Uh, Luke de Jong scored first for Sevilla, then Coutinho tied it up real fast just a couple of minutes after that. And Barcelona dropped their first points under the Ronald Koeman management. How do you guys feel about it? Oh, frustrated, bro. Just it was so <laughs> frustrating, man. Left hanging. Oh, Busquets played 90 minutes. You believe that? Like, in what world does that make sense? <laughs> I'm just genuinely confused. Uh, I I don't want to question the coaching yet because it's really early, but I'm just genuinely confused right now with uh, the way this team's going. So, okay, we're going to go through all of these details and, and we'll we'll be pointing each one of them one by one so we can discuss about them. But first, how do you guys have felt uh, with these three first games of the Ronald Koeman era? I mean, we're playing a different system. Uh, you cannot get to see what they're trying to do in the first two games. They scored early, so that allowed them to actually control the game a little bit more, especially against Villarreal, who was a, a, a complicated rival at uh, Balaidos, which is a, a very complicated stadium for Barca. It has been in the last couple of years. But the, the general feeling, then we can go a little bit more specific about this Bar uh, Barca-Sevilla match. But in general sense, those uh, three first three games of the season, how do you guys feel about it? Sergio, let's start with you. I You know what? I, I think, you know, Sevilla is probably going to finish top four in La Liga. You know, we mm -hmm. saw them play the Super Cup against Bayern and take them into extra time. So they're a legit opponent, right? They're they're high level. I think Villarreal got the their tactics wrong in the game against us. And I don't think Celta was, was that good. So this was probably the, the real true test. And we yeah. were playing at home, right? Um, and, th and then obviously, you know, Dijon fumbles a header. And uh, we gave up the first goal. So, it, it, you know, it was a true test, right? We had to come from behind. And uh, Sevilla made it tough, right? They were pressuring us. And uh, it kind of, you know what? The timing of our passes was off constantly throughout the whole game, first half, second game. And it was and it was 
attributed to Sevilla. Their pressure was such that our passes just weren't crisp, weren't on time. And that happened. T- even Messi, Messi played horrible. Uh, you know, let's be honest, man. Mm-hmm. The guy, you know, I'm looking at Messi. I'm like, this guy walks more than the mailman. Like it's, it's, uh, it's, it's ridiculous these days. I'm like, wow, just get a mailbag on him and let him deliver the mail. Cause all he's doing is walking up there. And, and, you know, he's trying to turn it on. He's coming all the way back. I thought he was playing double pivot because he's, he's retreating all the way back to receive the ball. And I'm like, what, what's going on? What's going on tactically? So I think Sevilla kind of exposed some of our weaknesses. What do you think, Logan? Yeah, agreed. I think um, I'm, I, I'm not, I don't mean to discredit Sevilla when I say that we didn't play well, but they had a constant press. They were on us all game. They, they were following our players. I mean, it was pretty evident to see that. We might be might have been pretty tired there, uh, Komen. Obviously, we have a lot more uh, harsher practices, but overall, I just it didn't, I didn't feel it today. It could have been just from last game being tired, the shorter spans between games. Um, these ah, we'll see. This is the third game, so I think there's gonna be changes next game. Obviously, you can't change what's worked in the last two games, especially when we've won the last two games by pretty big margins. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if the I think the next game we'll see a lot of changes uh, as well as uh, acquiring new deaths. What what was concerning was that, you know, as things got difficult, we reverted back to trying to play down the middle. Mm -hmm. We reverted back. Players were just looking for Messi. You know, Griezmann had his own chances and he was like, oh, let me pass it to Messi. Like, no, (laughs) dude. And and then and then Messi had the balls to tell Fatih, like, dude, you need to pass it to me if I pass it to you. No, Fatih, take a shot. What he did was right. You take the shot. There's no point passing it back to Messi so he can get clogged up in the middle. We were playing, we reverted back to bad habits, playing down the middle because Messi yeah. wanted it. We, we had to play wide. And the whole first half was just down the middle, right to where Sevilla was bunkering down. Yeah, I, I remember that play, that specific play when, when Messi turns back and, talk to Fa- and talks to Fati and, and asks him for the ball. I think the other play, the other option that he had was Jordi Alba just flying through the left wing, and that could have been another option. But I'm, I'm not mad at Fati because we, we've seen him, all right? He scored the first goal in the, in the first couple of games. He, he's that type of player, and he has that instinct to go and, and shoot the ball, and that's fine. He has to just continue to develop that because he's the part of the future of the team. Uh, talking about scoring goals, Coutinho scores his first goal after you. coming back from from that loan from Bayern, mm-hmm. and it was a little bit of a a gift from Jesus Navas, right? But it has to feel good, right, for for Barca fans. And I want to ask you, you guys, this: Coutinho scores the first goal. He, I mean, the entire team didn't play their best version today, so it was it, the the entire team came. Uh, Came down a little, like a couple of, of steps, right after the the Villarreal match and the, and the Celta de Vigo match. But do you guys agree with Ronald Koeman taking out Coutinho and, and leaving Busquets, for example, in in for the last couple of minutes when when Pjanic came in? Yeah, I, I would. I was Busquets was my first sub. Every time it was like <laughs> get him. He, it was so bad. It was just horrible. His timing was off. He kept making little mistakes. And I'm looking. Okay, first sub. It's going to be him. It's going to be nope. It was not him. It was uh, who was it? it? Was Griezmann and Fati came out the first subs, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, like Busquets is just so slow, and you could just see it. You know, there was times where he lost the ball, and he would just run back, and it was so slow. And I'm like, yeah. "He's got to be the first sub." But obviously, Coleman likes him. Uh, yeah. is, is is Busquets a captain? Uh, I don't no, know. No, no, it's well, yeah, yeah. He's one of the captains. Yes. So after, it's like maybe PK, he, I guess. Yeah. So maybe he has that kind of level of respect for him. Obviously, he's a good passer, but not today. I don't know what you saw, Logan. 
Oh, uh, Busquets, no, not today. I, I think he's great at facilitating deep in that attack, but when he, the press is on, and he had points where he's running down the right wing today and sending in crosses, and I had no, like, I had no clue why, why Trincao centerized and while he was running right and couldn't even get past Acuna. That was just pretty awkward soccer. I feel like they don't understand their shape yet for some reason, and I definitely think they have to work on that. And with Coutinho, I saw today, as Fati lost the ball on the left side, Komen brought Coutinho back out to the wing when Coutinho is one of our best center players and brought wow. Fati to the nine. So it's pretty clear that we're missing a nine because he brought Fati to the central central part of the field. So yeah. I'm just confused why you would ever bring Coutinho out of the middle of the field. We saw what happened when he played left wing for us, and it just wasn't that good. He can't go either way. It's uh, tougher to make decisions for him, it seems. Yeah, you yeah. He doesn't feel comfortable there, right? Yeah. The, you know, good point about the nine. You know, it looks yeah. it looks to be a nine by committee. So yeah. I was seeing rotations where it would be Messi, it would be Griezmann, and then yeah. Fati will sneak in there, and yeah. then, or Coutinho will come up. And yeah. it's by committee. They're they're constantly rotating, but I think it's all depending on Messi. They're yeah. reading his movement, and they're like, okay, this dude is walking around playing mailman. I'm going to go up <laughs> and, and be at the top of the spear. And then on defense, he ain't going to run, so now I got to come back and, and cover. So they're looking at his movement and adjusting mm. accordingly. Uh, so it's difficult. It's not. It's not yeah. easy. Yeah. In in one of the reasons Busquets is playing so much, I guess it's because mm-hmm. I'm trying to understand uh, Coleman a little bit. It's because uh, he helps uh, with getting the ball out of the the back. Right. Barcelona. How many times they they almost lost the ball back there? It was a constant frustration. It looked like Bayern Munich all over again. Uh, it's just that day Bayern was just so effective that they scored eight. But today, I, I think Sevilla. Uh, almost robbed one or two balls that we were risking so much back right. there, and 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 it's frustrating sometimes because you you have you have Pjanic there, and you saw the, the the I mean Pjanic didn't play it that much, but the minutes that he played, you can tell that he has that type of ability of getting the ball, controlling the ball, and, and distributing. Like Logan said, it's it's the first couple of matches, so we have to give them time to so we can see what's the strategy about. But we have to remember. Uh, this next week is going to be uh, FIFA is going to be playing, so Barca is not going to play. And then once they come back, they have Getafe and then Real Madrid. So it's, it's not going to get any easier than with the next matches coming up. So it's it's very interesting to see what, what Ronald Koeman's plan is going to be, especially for that Getafe game, because I would like to see Pjanic and the young and, and leave Busquets in the bench. And, and like Logan said, move keep Coutinho in the middle. Don't put him against the line because we know that he, he gets lost over there. Something similar to uh, the other lost one in this starting 11, Antoine Griezmann, man. What can we tell, like, what can we say at this point about uh, Griezmann? It's just hard to watch. Like we saw, if it, I mean, if it was me, Trincao will start next game because you can tell that he has more idea of, okay, we're playing, we're, I'm doing this, that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to try to be quick in this side of the field. And he almost scored the, the win goal there in the yeah. 90th minute. So I don't know. What do you guys think about Griezmann? And is it too early to call it uh, a future sub and uh, Trincao is going to uh, win over that spot? I, I agree with you. I think I think Trincao should get that the opportunity, right? Because uh, I think Griezmann had two clear chances, right? He he was there, he was on his own, and his first touch was was just horrible, time and time again. And I'm like, yeah. wow, this guy. It's either in his head where he's thinking like I don't want to make a mistake, or he's thinking like I need to find Messi and pass it to him. 
but he he's lacking the confidence. So it's obvious to me that maybe he needs some bench time and and think about it and let Trincao uh, go in and have a have a go at it. When he came in as a sub, you know the dude is is left footed, right? Yeah. But he's able to cross with the right foot, so that mm-hmm. was nice. Or he's able to pause or and, and cross with his left foot, and he's not scared to take a shot. Uh, he's a young guy; he doesn't know any better. He's like, put me out there, I'm gonna run my guts off and and give it a hundred percent. So hey, I'm all for that. Let's do it. What are your thoughts on Griezmann, Logan? Griezmann's skill set does not match a winger mentality. Uh, it's just so easy to see. He can't take people on with the ball. He's not a great passer. He doesn't know what to do do with it when he gets it. Obviously, he's he's decent in the box when he gets his crosses or he gets his time to get a touch. But Griezmann is not meant to be a winger. I like Trincao. I think he's quick, great on the ball, beats people on the dribble, obviously. And right when you're young and you don't think and you don't have to, like you just react. That's such a great like aspect to have to the team too. That's why the youth feels so great right now. Cause you have guys that are just quick witted, just ready to go at somebody like this who are just, they're not worried about messing up. It feels like, yeah, I, yeah. you know, Griezmann's strengths are his defensive responsibilities. You know, he's yeah. he's covering for Messi. Let's be honest, right? He's he's, he's, he's tracking back and yeah. he's covering because Messi's not going to do it. You know, so that's his biggest responsibility and what he's great at right now. So if we put in Trincao, we might lose some of that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's that's the balance that uh, Coleman is trying to achieve, right? How do I have some defensive coverage here and not leave us exposed if I bring in Trincao? So, it, you know, it's going to be up to the coach to figure it out. I'd like to see maybe Griezmann late game getting subbed into the nine when we're having trouble scoring, maybe have him up top, sitting up top in that case. I don't know. I, I just don't see his role right now on the team. Yeah, it's it's hard because he's not a natural nine, right? He's like a seven. He he yeah. he had that ch- uh, chance when you you saw it. His first yeah. control wasn't ideal. Yeah. If if he controls that ball right, he probably scores that goal, and and Barca could have won this game, or, or at least be in front at that point in the game. But it's I mean we saw him. I don't know if if we can actually play him as a false nine at some points. That could be a, an option, but yeah. at the same time, like like Sergio was saying, we saw so many times uh, Messi get into that spot, uh, mm-hmm. Coutinho get into that spot, uh, Ansu Fati get into that spot. So I don't know if they're going to start bumping into each other if Griezmann is just sitting out there. Right. They're just clogging up the middle, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know what's, what's surprising, you know, watching Sevilla play, you know Diego Carlos is prone to making mistakes. Right. After watching the Bayern, he's he's a strong guy, but he's clumsy. So I was expecting them to come out with pressure up front. And there was nothing. You know, they, they just left the center backs to do their thing because, you know, Messi's not going to run, you know. So so but, you know, sometimes I wonder, do these guys even scout? Do they video scout the opponent? Because Diego Carlos is susceptible to, susceptible to errors and we did not test him. And you just stay back and watch. And it was like, oh, God, you know, it's a missed opportunity. Okay, well, that's that's our gonna be that's gonna be our first half. We still have a lot of things to talk in in the second part of this uh, podcast today. There's so many things going uh, not in the exact direction that we want to in this point in Barcelona season, but it's been only three games, and and we have to be patient, like uh, Logan said. Let's go to a little quick break. Join our Patreon community for content from Spain about FC Barcelona. Join the community and help support the podcast so we can continue creating Barca content. This past week, we had mini pods and Barca Talk Cafe with Gabriel Quiroga and Mariana Guzman from Madrid and Barcelona. 
Okay, guys, we are back. Second half of the game. Uh, 40 minutes in. I, I thought Busquets should have been out, but he still played 90 minutes. But let's let's ki- <laughs> let's get away from that. Let's get away from that and enjoy our, our second half. So I wanted to talk also about uh, Frankie de Jong and Ansu Fati because they were key players in the first two games, right? And then, I, I mean, they didn't have their best version against Sevilla this time, right? I don't know if it, Ansu Fati... After he got yelled at, he, he like lost confidence, right? He, he, that's one of his attributes. He's very confident about himself. And every time he's uh, heading towards goal, he, you know something's going to happen. I, I don't know if I didn't see that today, that that special uh, flavor that he adds to every play he's uh, involved in. You, you know something's going to happen. He has that that spark that it's different from everybody else. And I don't know if, I don't know if you guys saw it the same way I did. But there was something missing there from Ansu Fati today. What do you guys think? Yeah, no, he's a young guy, so you're looking for that consistency, right? You're looking yes. that for every day. At least if you if you can't contribute with goals, like are you contributing with pressure? Are you contribute contributing with crosses, right? Or defensively? Yeah. Um, I think I think Sevilla was bunkering down, you know, if, and and if you can't go to the middle then you better go down to the to the to the goal line, right? Get down to the goal line and get some cutback passes. You have to find a way to contribute. And you know, and it doesn't help when you have the the greatest player of all time barking at you and wanting the ball every time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I think I think he has to play his game, right? And mm-hmm. I and I think he has to play his game, you know, a lot more with Alba. You know, it's like when 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 Alba goes up, it's really him and Messi. And I don't see that dynamic with with him and Fati where you sh- we should see it right, and it's just not there right now. So it kind of makes you wonder what what's going on there, or or how we could improve it. You know, even in the second half when you saw Pedri get switched to the left wing and you saw Des come in, yes, that was speed, that was dynamic. We saw mm-hmm. the interplay right there, and uh, that I'm looking forward to that. I'm like, wow. Well, obviously, Des is probably going to be on the right side, but that's the kind of dynamic you want to see with your left back and and your left winger. Yeah, agreed. Fati's still young, and he definitely lacks uh, his vision and passing ability, but I think that will come with time. He's super skilled. It's just hard. I feel like Alba she can't get down the pitch as much. He just, he'll have that one overlapping run, and he really can't do anything other than that. He's not able to dribble or and get away with it, away from people like this. Yeah. So it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to tell what his skill set is. It'd be interesting to see like if Des was with him at some point, but I'm not too worried about Fati at all right now. I still think he's an incredible finisher in the box, super efficient. We just had that press locked on one side. You could see Sevilla's three midfielders were constantly on our left side because we never fed the right flank because the yeah. right flank in the first half and on wasn't able to do anything. It was just a constant barrage of those mid those mid three midfielders coming at that flank. So it was just it was hard in the first place for them. Yeah, and it's I mean on the right side we have uh, Sergio Roberto and we had Antoine Griezmann there and we know they, yeah. they're both out yeah. of position there uh, they, they don't feel confident and they're not uh, giving Barca the same amount of uh, progression that we're getting from the left side and that's something that might change in the future but we don't know what's going to happen with Jordi Alba because he got out he was injured and Ser- uh, Dest can play both right back or left back and for now if Alba is out I think Des will start in, in left back because they're trying to sell Junior Firpo and we'll see if they sell him before the the market closes, which is uh, on Monday, today on Monday. So um, I don't know if that's going to happen. But uh, we, maybe we get to see a little bit more of Des from the left side. Um, in the meantime, Alba gets back. And, and that play, that particular play that Sergio was talking about, when Des combined with um, 
Pedri and they did something different, right? That reminded right. you a little bit of when when Albe, Alves, Alves. And, and Dani Alves and, and Lionel Messi used to get together and do different things every time and you you never knew what was coming. So that's that's something that we can look forward to it and hopefully it happens a little bit more often with these new players because we're kind of tired of looking and and playing the same way. And we saw it today. Sevilla almost won the possession. They yeah. were winning in the first 25 minutes. They were winning the possession over 16% uh, to 40%, which is crazy at Camp Nou, right? And then at the end, it was like 52-48 or something like that. It was a little bit more even. But still, Sevilla controlled most of this game, and and they hit a bar. They hit the crossbar. They almost they almost went away uh, from Cam No with the three points. And it's I mean I know we we had a couple of chances there at the end, and I know it was a little bit better in the last five minutes. But I don't know. I feel like Sevilla controlled the tempo of the game uh, for the most part. And at some point, you have to ask yourself: Is this team gonna pressure high? at some point of the game or just right. the first 10, 15 minutes? Because the second half, you could tell that, okay, we know Messi's not going to run, uh, but the other guys were not pressing up either. But And then you have Messi and Busquets, so you have two slow guys to right. press. And and then it, it gets a little bit more complicated that way. And I don't know if, if you guys saw the same about the high pressure and the way they were risking the ball in the back. I don't know. I saw so many things that were similar to that. Uh, two eight against Bayern Munich, that I I am a little bit concerned about that situation. Yeah, they weren't pressing, you know, it, and it was it was surprising. At least pick your spots when you want to press, and then the mm -hmm. second half they they you know they made those substitutions, and now you saw Dijon go up, and they went to a four four two, and Dijon was playing up with Messi. Yeah, and I'm trying to think, okay, what's Coleman thinking? I'm like, okay, he's <laughs> thinking, you know, Dijon has a lot of energy and he's gonna battle, so he wants somebody up there. That is going to press where, where Messi is not, right? Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of. He's trying to he's trying he's trying to put pressure. Now the the center back for Sevilla, Conde, he he's world class. Yeah. I can see why people want him. I can see why Manchester United want him. So this guy was on Fati's side and he he was very, very stable. So, you know, he you you weren't gonna pressure him. But Diego Carlos, like I mentioned before, he was susceptible. And you know, I wish I wish the mailman would have got on a on a, his postal <laughs> card or something and got on his butt and pressured him because he would have coughed up the ball and that would have been some easy goals. Uh, but but yeah, you know, you got to pick your spots. And the second half, I thought it was once he put in the young legs and they were they were running more. Then I saw a lot more pressure with with Pedri and Trincao and Dejong up there. But like you said, Alejandro, we still got Busquets rolling around up there and Messi, and it's like. Uh, You know, it, it just slowed everything down. But on the positive, I thought Araujo started kind of jittery. And yes. then he settled down and had some beautiful long balls, really nice long balls that offered a different dynamic, you know. So I was I was kind of impressed. Yeah, I agree. We have to press in their half. We're not getting the ball in their half. We're not letting them make mistakes. It's one of those things where it's we're not good enough to facilitate and play tiki-taka around the pitch right now to where we can just take it from the back and score. We need to get the ball in their half when they're not fixated or they're not in position and shape to score. Um, one thing I will say, that their left back, Acuna, too, he was pretty great on the right side. He shut us down in that area. And as uh, Sergio was saying, Araujo was great, honestly. That ball he put in through to 
I don't even know who was on the wing on the right side. It might have been Griezmann, but yeah, that's pretty incredible. That's why I want Pajanas too. In is we need to drop some deep balls. We have some fast guys on the wing with Fati and and uh, Trigao. We need to drop some balls in deep and and find them mouth place and try to get across in at some point because they're just clogging the middle. Okay, talking about those fast guys, let's let's give it a look to what Pedri did and Trincao did and and Pjanic who came also in the in the second half. What do you guys? I mean, it was a uh, about 15 minutes each, 15 20 minutes uh, that they played this time. Uh, but I mean, we we got to see a little bit of why Pedri is in the first team, why Trincao was bought for that amount. And that's why I put it out there. I mean, maybe I know you paid 120 for Antoine Griezmann, but how how long are you going to take? I mean, we saw it last season. Setien took him out. Uh, before that, uh, Valverde took him out too for some points. And now you're seeing it uh, again. The, I mean, he had to add Balaidos because they, they were one man down, and, and that's understandable. But this time it was just a, tacti a tactical move. You know what? You're not working, and maybe Trincao or Pedri can be more of a a different answer to to all of those uh, situations. So what do you guys think? Do you think uh, Trincao or Pedri are gonna get more minutes now, or they're gonna continue using them for the, la the last 25 minutes or so, like like they did today? Yeah, I think Coleman's gonna keep doing what he's doing. It's gonna, you know, the the opponent's gonna dictate. Right. It's going to dictate the subs he brings in. And in mm -hmm. these last couple of games, it's almost been like the 60th minute mark. He's bringing both of them in. Um, you know, you know, we, we have to widen the field. Right. We have to we have to bring width onto the field because we're playing to in the middle so much. And Tricao and Pedri does that a little bit on the on the left side. The other thing that I was surprised seeing that at the it got kind of hectic toward the end of the game that. You know, he didn't bring in Alenya or or Pooch as as one of the pivots, right? To provide more, you know, offensive capability, to provide more through balls, to provide more long balls, and that kind of surprised me because we're going for the win, right? We're we're at home, we gotta go for the win, and that was one because we still had a, a sub, right? We get five subs, we still had a sub in our pocket, uh, you know, and I and I was getting WhatsApp from some of my buddies, and they were like, "Dude, why is Dembele on the bench?" <laughs> like what? What do we have this guy for? Is he a Christmas ornament? What's he doing? Like, are, is he is he getting sold to Man U? We have a, the guy is is faster than anybody. Yeah. He could change pace, but yet he's right there on the bench. So I'm like, okay, is he really that bad defensively, or what? What's going on, right? If, if you is, have who was going to be out, right? If, if you put them belly in, who who was? I mean, you couldn't take Messi out, so who else was up there? Why so, not? I mean, not Why me, not? but I know Kuman is not going to do it. If I'm Coleman, I'm only here three, six months. Why not? <laughs> like the mailman's walking around. Like I'm looking at the mailman. I'm like, oh, my God. You, you know, I'm just waiting for a piece of magic for him to do. Like that's what I'm waiting for. It's like he's the best player in the world, but he's not giving you, you know, his body language. If you look at his body language, he's moping around out there. And I'm getting, you know, my daughter's looking at me like, what's what's up with this dude? I'm like, well, you know, he's he's waiting for him to turn it on or he's waiting for somebody to pass it to him so him could could do some magic but you know as you get older you start to realize like you, you you might not have it right today might not be the day where the magic's there and he keeps trying and trying and you know what maybe maybe Coleman has to pull the plug and say hey you know sit this one down and let's bring somebody else up you know if I'm only there three months why not am I crazy Logan am I nuts <laughs> you just you just can't 
to a guy whose morale, morale is already down with everything that's happened at the club, I just don't think you can take – you need him at his best. And if you take him out early in any game in any sense, I think he's just going to flip and that could just change the chemistry in the team, I, especially with what everything that has gone on with him. I'm not – I'm kind of worried about this like two-center defensive mid set. I just – I don't think we have the personnel to do that. And then on top of that, not having a nine and interchanging, it just seems like a puzzle that we can't connect because we have Messi who just roams wherever he wants. And then these players have to decide when to go, when not to go. And Messi's obviously thinking on his own at any time. So it's just like a confusing, like I said on my own podcast, it's a confusing setup right now. And I'm not sure we'll be able to like crack this code. It just doesn't seem right. Yeah, it looks it looks a little weird because, I mean... Even if you, you're playing Busquets, which I don't want to play, but even if it's De Jong and Pjanic there with Messi a little bit in front of him and then maybe Coutinho playing as a false nine and then Ansu Fati on the left, Griezmann on the right or Trincao on the right, you can understand the idea, but you still don't have a, a nine. Like, I mean, Bayern plays this system, right? But they have Lewandowski over there, which so you understand that he's the nine and he's, he's that point and they're all trying to uh, create plays for him or for the wings. And it's it's a different... Uh, system for sure and I don't know they're still trying to work it out and it's just they just have to face this rival who I mean they're playing great soccer right now you have to give them that too so we just I mean they they won two and they tied this one and they they just played the super cup against Bayern and and you saw that they went to to overtime they could have won it I mean if if Ben City scores yeah. that goal at the end they 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 win that that trophy so I don't know it's it was a good test for Barca so uh, I know a lot of people were way high, and that happens a lot with Barcelona, right? They they win a game, they win 4-0 against Villarreal, and you feel like you're on top of the world. This team is so good. They can score goals. They are so fast. They can control the opposition, and it's, it's not that easy. So my last uh, point for today, uh, it's going to be about Serginho Dest. He's back here. You, I mean, he's here in Barcelona already. You saw how he played a little bit there. Uh, I mean, Kuman was forced to. He was the only guy in the bench that could play that position. So what about now? You guys, if if Alba is back healthy, we don't know yet. So if Alba is back healthy, do you play Serginho Dest in the right back right from the get-go when whenever they come back and, and they play again against Getafe? Or do you still keep him in the bench as a as a guy to come in the second half? You know, I, I think Alba's going to be out for a, for a bit, you know. So Firpo's injured. Alba looks like he's injured. And I think Des is going to take that, that left back spot. I think it's better him than uh, Sergio Roberto. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just a matter of, you know, uh, is Messi going to look for him to make those runs? You know, it's a young guy trying to fit into the, the, mm-hmm. the system and trying to figure it out in a position where he's not used to. And, uh, you know, I hope they take advantage of his speed because the dude is fast. Like, yes. holy smokes. He is fast and he presents, uh, you know, a pattern of play that we don't have, we don't utilize, and that's crossing the ball. You know, if maybe you get him on, on, on the left, on the left wing and get him to cross the ball, that, that's just a different pattern of play that we don't, that are widening the field and, and get somebody, you know, get Fati or get somebody on it, you know, uh, I think it'll be good. You know, why not? Let, let the kid get some experience and let him play. Yeah, I agree. If Alba is hurt, I, he'll definitely get some minutes and some starts. But if he's not, I'm sh- I possibly see him coming off of the, off the bench again in the second half. But yeah, he's great. Obviously, in modern football now, you have to have your your wingbacks are just as much as a part of your offense as a part yeah. of your defense at some points. We need a guy like that. I mean, since Danny Alves, who have we had that's really been able to connect with our attack? It's it's super awkward now, and I hopefully he can just 
provide something for some overlapping runs because Jordy Alba, he doesn't even do the underneath passes at Messi anymore. That I never see Messi pass uh, get a pass underneath from Jordy anymore. So I, I'm interested to see how Des dribbles as well. I saw a lot of I was watching a lot of compilation videos on him at Ajax after he got yeah. signed, like everyone else does, and he's a great dribbler too. He can take someone on. So I'm interested to see how he works out with the club. And he's not a finished product. You know, exactly. he, he what is he, 19 years old? He's still going to develop. He's still going to get better. And all this different experience is just going to going to add to his uh, to his repertoire. Right. Um, playing on the left, playing on the right, playing with with this this caliber of players, you know what what they expect of you. So, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy he's on the team. I'm happy. You know, he's an American kid. Uh, him now and Conrad. Right. Conrad's also there. Yes. And that might be, you know, that might be another solution at left back because I've seen he, yeah. he could play left back. He's a left winger. If worse comes to worse. Right. That might be a solution because I don't I don't think Sergio Roberto is going to lose his spot right now, yeah. especially with Alba hurt. I, I wouldn't I would I would not mess around with that area right now. Like, okay, <laughs> we got a left back problem and yeah. we've had a left back. Firpo is just a mess. So, you know, let, let's try to figure it out with Dest or Conrad and see if they could uh, help us resolve it. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. They, I mean, Lenglet can play also there if you want to be more defensive and just give Fati and and Coutinho that area so they can create on, on the left side. But I don't know. They have some options there whenever um, everybody's healthy. But we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Are, are you proposing a 3-4-3, Alejandro? We're going 3-4-3? <laughs> what do you think? 3-5-2? Let's mix it up, right? Yeah, I think Coman has shown that he believes in this system, right? And since he hasn't lost yet, I think he's going to continue to go with the with the four two three one until I don't know until it doesn't work. And I guess I mean I, I'm up I'm up for for change, right? I I don't like coaches that just use one system, right? And we saw that a lot with Setien and with Valverde. They were like stubborn with the same system over and over. I like coaches that can adapt to the game and, and can, you know what, this this team plays more on the outside, let's do this. This team plays this way, let's do this type of system. But let's see what Coman does uh, from now on. We'll, I mean, there have been just three games. I know we're frustrated. I know uh, we lost, we dropped two points against Sevilla. And we are right there with Real Madrid. They have one more game than us. They have three points more than us. So we are kind of tied in that regard. And El Clasico is coming up sometime soon in the next couple of weeks. So it's still early in the season, but it's it's been very interesting to talk Barca about uh, in this uh, first couple of weeks. Yes, Sergio. Hey, shout, shout out to the, the Femini, right? They they took a 4-0 to yes. over uh, oh, yeah. Madrid. So it was... Uh, that's a nice classical to see the the women show up and and spank them. So that was that was nice to get it started, and hopefully the men will follow up. Hopefully, hopefully. Well, thank you guys. This was Monday's episode here on Barca Talk. We have to remind you, Barca Talk is part of the Blaugranogram Podcast Network under the Blaugranogram News Outlet. Blaugranogram.com. Go there, visit them. Blaugranogram is your place for all aspects of Barca, including that feminine that uh, Sergio was talking about. They beat Real Madrid 4-0, so go to blaugranogram.com for more info on that matter and all about the team. We'll see what happens with uh, Alba. We'll see what uh, they decide with Griezmann. Uh, we'll have a little rest from Barca games because they're going to be playing with their own countries in the beginning of the South American qualifiers and all the different countries will be playing different games. I think the Netherlands are playing Mexico, so that's going to be interesting there to see the young and playing against the Mexican 
team and, and, and we'll see. Hopefully Barca can come back and win against Getafe and they will be ready for the Clásico. And then we'll be back, guys. So uh, fasten your seatbelts because this season is just starting. We might, hey, we might have Eric, Eric Garcia next week. We might have Eric Garcia. Oh, we have to remember the market closes today, Monday, October the, uh, the 5th. So we'll see what happens. We'll have it, of course, in our mini pod on Tuesday. All the details that's on our Patreon feed. So join us there if you want more Barca content. And if not, you have to wait for the, the next episode of Barca Talk and we'll have all your details. So thank you very much for joining us and see you next time. Barca Talk is a production of Sounded Media with social media and promotion by 2.go. Until next time, Visca Barca. Sports Social Podcast Network.